2022 Splash Podcast. Welcome to 2022. It's going to be a huge year. Look, a special to start off. Uh, Luke and I were recently invited onto the Pool Nation podcast in the US. We're going to bring that one to you today. So sit back, relax, enjoy uh, as Luke and I have a chat with the US industry through Pool Nation podcast. Well, Edgar, JJ and Zach of Pool Nation Podcast in the United States invited Luke and I to have a chat about some of the things that are happening in the US and Australia, our shared experience, challenges, successes that are that, that we're all going through at the moment. So it was our pleasure to do that. This is a long podcast. You might want to speed up the playback, uh, but look, we hope you enjoy it and we will see you ahead somewhere in 2022. Ready, set, splash. Welcome to the Pool Nation Podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host, with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar DeJesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. This week, we talked to Luke and David, and they are the host of the Splash podcast all the way from Australia, also known as the Land Down Under. We will talk about our industries and get some great insights into the pool industry from around the world. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and PoolInvoice.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good evening. Good evening, everybody. Um, Good evening, Luke and David, or... Or good morning, or good afternoon, or whatever good good g'day. thing is going g'day. on over there. G'day, good day, just good day. I love it. I gotta say though, did you guys hear? I think Edgar was really feeling the pressure on that intro there. He he was like, he was I like was totally to feeling the pressure. <laughs> he like jumped the gun, false start, like right in the middle of the intro. Welcome everybody. No, I, I was totally yeah. gonna say something and jump in and say something, Zach, because he kind of like he rolled with it, and I didn't know if he was doing that on purpose and try to be all try to put on a show and be all fancy for the boys out from Australia. And I'm like, what the hell's he doing? It, it was liquid. It was beautiful. That was liquid silk. I was impressed. I liked it. I appreciated it. I'm going to show you guys here the pressure that I'm under in a couple minutes. You guys just wait and see. John, good evening. How you doing? Good evening. I'm thrown for a loop here. I have no idea which way's up. I don't know what the hell's going on. You know, we do shit structured, right? And every Friday, we're always in the morning, in the morning, in the morning, in the morning. Today, it just felt like, it just felt wrong because I was like, I don't know. It was just weird. And then here I am doing the podcast at five o'clock. And to be honest, full disclosure, I completely forgot about the podcast until like 4.15 when I was at a customer's house and I'm like, I got to go. So um, 
Is that why you haven't done your hair, John? Or? Well, yeah, that, that's exactly why. <laughs> I usually braid it, but I didn't have time. But what I did do, because, see, again, I was just utterly unprepared because you guys look spectacular. So for those of you that, aren't, that are just listening and aren't watching the video, if you can see these two, they look classy right now. And they were putting us to shame. So luckily, I had like five minutes before we jumped on and got live to where I was able to get a little bit of a, get my tie going on so that I can feel somewhat included with the guys from down under. So in all seriousness, I'm so excited to have this podcast with you guys because I had a hell of a time with you when we did the live. And I'll be 100% truthful. I did not study. So if you are going to throw in these uh, banger in a sanger sayings to me i meant to ask how did you go with mama did she make you a banger on a singer went very well and <laughs> to be honest it's just not what we define as a banger on a singer he got something completely different it, you know it's a saying and it's like code word you know when you have kids i have four four kids at home they're a little older wow. now but some you know the younger ones are still a little young you know the older ones give you that kind of look when they know what you're talking about when you make a comment to your wife you know but banger and a singer when, when we said it and when I yelled it, they all looked at me like I was like I was from another planet. So I think that one's going to work for a little while. John, I just want to say thank you to you for taking the effort to, because again, the listeners who are listening won't realize that tie that you've got on. It's classy. And it also matches the color of the state in Australia where Luke and I broadcast from in Queensland, the Maroons. So I just want to say thank you for, for the respect. And look, that's the reason... I've dressed up like I have today. I've got my gold jacket on. I've got a tie. Look, I, I trimmed my hair and my beard last night just, just for you boys out of intimidation. But you also need to know that what you're looking at here is equivalent to Billy Ray Cyrus' haircut. It's business up top, but we've got – sorry for the listeners who can't see this, but you're going to miss out on the show here. But it's, <laughs> it's party at the bottom. <laughs> oh, I love it. Business up top. Party Look at, the at Luke. Those who can't <laughs> – for those who can't see it, let me describe for you is they are my yellow shorts with little prawns. You call them shrimps wrongly. They're called prawns on them. So they're little prawn graphics. So they're my prawnographic shorts today that I've worn for you. <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope I've bought the respect that you deserve. Well, I want to say this was, don't think this was unintentional. I knew exactly about Queensland and the color. I did a little <laughs> bit of research. So. Queenslander. Amen, brother. <laughs> So, Luke, you know, good evening, because, you know, they everybody's kind of jumped in, and poor, poor Luke is like, what's going on over here? I'm fine. I'm used to getting jumped in on. You should see ours. We have to, we have to modify, our, modify our podcast because it's just dribble back and forth. So I, uh, I'm well accustomed to the dribble. I, uh, no, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You know, started lighting this up, what, about a month ago, I guess, Edgar, in, in preparation for this, and we've had a couple of chats, and Went straight live to Instagram, and what a hoot that was the other day, hey? That was a blast. I really like those Instagram lives. They're very casual. They're very fun. It was awesome. So we love connecting with you guys. John, Zach, I'm going to show you now why I was trying to step up my game, and I kind of had that jitter. You know, it's kind of like you're going to play the sports game, and you're in the World Series, and you kind of have the jitters for like the first inning or the first quarter kind of thing, but... These guys with their podcast, we pre-record everything. So we get Kate that pre-records our audio so that we sound professional and all that. These guys do this off the fly. They're just like, they pick up the mic and they go. 
John, you haven't heard it, but I'm going to play something so that you could see why I had the jitters and why you're going to be like, okay, Edgar, now I get it. So t- take a listen to this. Watch this. On today's podcast, we have a look at the upcoming events calendar for 2022. We can't wait to get together again as an industry. We look at the brand new magazine that you should have out now, and we talk to Sophie DiPrio at Allclore about Australian Made. There's so much we've got to have a look at today. Stick with us. Ready, set, splash. Pentair Smart Pools are here. Creating smart solutions means taking a holistic approach. As new technologies emerge, people compare the experience of buying from you to your competitors and the experience they receive. At Pentair, there's a strong emphasis on putting customers first. In a world where new technologies pop up all the time, the companies that put customers first are in a position to win. We win, but only the right way. Visit pentairpool.com.au today. Dude, How can I compete against dude, that? Hard. How look, can I, I look, get look, no right? like, When I was listening to the first part, it felt like <laughs> like you're almost like somebody was hypnotizing you or somebody was like putting you to sleep and it just you got that music playing in the back and the soothing voice. That was impressive. Very, very impressive. And and to do it off the cuff like that is even more impressive. Wow. Thank you for that sound bite there, John. Splash podcasts put people to sleep. <laughs> no, no, it's even worse than that. It's David puts people to sleep on. I mean, we could do one here, you know. Welcome to Pool Nation Podcast with John, with Zach and with Edgar. All the latest and greatest, the happenings around the industry for pools. Sit back, relax and enjoy. We'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. I hope you're recording that. You're, I mean, you got to record that clip right there and we're going to use it. Man. So Zach and John, can you see why I was a little nervous and I kind of oh, jumped the sure. gun and I was kind of, sure. I have the right to kind of, and then with the accent, right? I think today you should do the sponsors. I'm just going to email you the sponsors right now and you just read the sponsorship things because I ain't doing it, Zach. Easy. <laughs> easy as. Too easy. No worries. Big shout out here over here. So we have our Facebook Live, Janie, Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette is saying over here, that's fantastic. Standing in a department store laughing and the people are giving me the side eye as they're watching David showing his shorts. Onto the screen. Janie is over here going, nice, like the shorts. So big shout out to you guys out there. Jeanette, Janie, thanks for, for joining our, our Facebook Live. Janie just walked in right now and said, are we going to have a banger and a singer? Banger on a singer. A banger on a singer. Did you hear her? <laughs> She's right there. Watch this. Hi. Hey. G'day. There you are. <laughs> and she says it. Are you sure? John, are you sure you're not married to an Aussie chick? Did you take right. one of our greatest right, and right. take it at the States? <laughs> hey. Maybe. You Americans taking all our girls. So big shout out to you guys. But anyways, guys, so here's one of the things that I did. I did a little bit of research because obviously I was trying to kind of imitate the whole Australian accent. I'm terrible at it. I can't remember how to do it. I think the only thing that I can say is like mate, and I'm not even sure that you guys would accept that. You guys would be like, you know what, just just stop. So here's what I did. I did a little bit of research. And John and Zach, here's what I want you to do is I went out, did some research, picked out some of the words that they kind of use as kind of like slang. So like for us would be dope. On one side, it's a drug, but dope can also mean, hey, it's pretty cool. So we are, I'm going to throw out a couple out here 
And guys, you will have to do the commentary on this, and I'm going to have Zach and John try to figure out what these things are. I'm going to start with the first one. And guys, please, if I botch these up, correct me. So is the first one, is it sicky? Is that how you say yeah, it? Sicky. sicky? You got to chuck, chuck a, a sicky. Sicky gets chucked. You got to chuck out. You can't. You yeah. can throw a sicky, I suppose, but we would say chuck a sicky. Chuck a sicky. Chuck a sicky, mate. John, Zach, let's take a, a stab. Chuck a sicky. I think John's still thinking about having a banger on a sanger, so he'll be with us in a moment. Listen, here you go. You could chuck a sicky and go for a banger I, on a sanger. I've heard this before, actually, so I think I got this. Go, Come John. On. What is Come it? On. It's to like play hooky or take like a day off. Yeah, close nice. enough. I never would have got uh, sick. You know sick like to work. Sicky, Colin, sick, play hooky. Everything seems to be quite okay with you, John. It looked like he looked that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was so, Googling. What's the right next there. one? I can see that? Well, yeah, he's Googling right now. What's the next one? Arvo? Ar- Arvo? Yeah. How do you say it? That's, that's, come on, that's, that's self-explanatory, isn't it? Arvo. The yeah. Arvo. 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 No, no, no. Just loosen those sounds a little bit. Get lazy, would you, with your pronunciation? Arvo. <laughs> Arvo. That's Arvo. a bit better, Edgar. See, I You're too well it. pronunciated there, mate. Arvo. So how would you use that in a sentence? Well, right now we're in the morning, but later on we'll be the Arvo. We'll see you in the Arvo. Afternoon. Yeah. That's it. See you at the Savo, John. The Savo. Hey. hey, this is a citizenship test. I get to win a banger on a sanger. A banger well, and a sanger. Well, you could pick up a banger on a sanger, the Savo, at the servo. Right. While chucking sure. the sickie. <laughs> oh, I love it. They told me to, to loosen up and be lazy. So here's the next one. Sweet ass. Sweet ass. No. Why did you add ass. extra S? No. Sweet ass. No, that's not no. one. Is that not how you Sweet say it? Sweet ass is not one. Sweet, Sweet ass. Sweet ass. Sweet ass. It's like a Z. Sweet as. ass. A-Z. A-S. Sweet ass. Sweet ass. Not sweet ass. Listen, we were we were a penal colony once. We are no longer. Those days are gone. Look, I, I We've missed moved what, on as a nation. I missed a portion of that, and all I caught was sweet ass. So I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about right now. Maybe we can rewind this. Sweet as. As in, it hangs loose. Right? As in, it's all good. Oh. It's sweet as. Oh. So sweet how would as. you use that in a sentence? <laughs> it's, it's more of a response. It's, hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. I'm going to come up this afternoon and say good day to you. Yeah, sweet no worries, mate. Sweet as. Sweet as. Maybe we can grab a banger sweet and set right, up the servo. Sabo. Sweet as. Sweet as. That's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> Dave, David, David, David in slap. yellow shorts. If you, were here in, if you were here in California and you were walking down the beach or something like that and you said that, you'd get slapped. Absolutely. My son calls my shorts my pride shorts. Your pride shorts. Yeah, I don't know what he's getting at. I don't understand. The next one is rack off. Rack off. Rack off. Good one. Rack off. It sounds like a an alternative version yeah. of something John would yes. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's still got the CK in it. Yeah. It's still got CK, yeah. just two yeah. different yeah. letters. It's a CK word. <laughs> rack hey, off. Yeah. Hey, John, off. you could totally use that from, that, from now on instead rack of the F-bomb. Yeah, I think rack I off. That. Yeah, and then we don't have to do so, cl- as off. much editing. Because... I, John, I, look, let's be practice? honest, Australians, Australians never swear. We do not cuss. Ever. We are we clean mouth Australians. <laughs> never. We don't drink beer. We don't swear. <laughs> and you don't lie. 
and you don't lie, obviously, right? So all three of those things, right. you guys are church. <laughs> Honest as the day is long, John. All right, so here's my last one. Faffing around. Uh, Dude, faffing why does everything around. sound like that? Because <laughs> that's how you hear everything. Uh, that's right? what I'm that's getting it, at. Right. Like that's... this was a list that I Googled, and those are all the ones that came up. Wow. I dig it. Maybe I'm not going to go to Texas. Maybe I'm going to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I have no so idea. So what's faffing around? I, I can tell you, you know, what I you think no it idea. is, but I can't say it on, on the air. No, it's code. You can use it as code with, uh, with mama oh. around the kids. <laughs> More code. I love it. <laughs> and, but that's not what it means. That's not. The meaning, boys, is like just you're just it's just around. wasted time. You're stuffing around. You're mucking up. Yeah, okay. I don't know what word you'd use. It's like a time waste. But you know, enough faff. Let's get back to work. Stop the faff. Okay. Yeah. So if Maybe John goes, I want a banger and a singer, Mama would be like, "Stop faffing around." Right. Exactly. That's, 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 right? Too, that's too far. Sweet ass. You won't be chucking a sicky this <laughs> hour. Edgar. Ass. Edgar. All right, Edgar. Yeah. I've got one for you. I, I need. Oh, I need. No. I need to train you Ugh. here a little bit, boys, because I. I feel like. You're disrespecting us just a little bit, Luke and I, and our, and our fine nation. So you've got to say the name of our country correctly. So I just want to hear you. What country are we from, Edgar? You're, you're from – let me see if I could do it. You're from – I'm so bad at that. Zach, what country you're are we from? Edgar Stahl. So, Australia. You're from Australia, man. Australia. No, no awful. No. Zach, Zach <laughs> where are we from? <laughs> Australia. No. That's pretty good. That's, That's close no. up. No. No, 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 no. There you go. You've got to say okay. it like a local. John, you've got to yeah. say it like I'll a local. It. I'll type it in the chat. I'll type it in the chat and you pronounce it, all right? Well, Australia's a continent. Uh, you're cheating on there. Australia. Australia. There you go. Australia. No, 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 no. Stop pronouncing your words, Edgar. <laughs> Stop pronouncing. <laughs> It's just it's it's just sounds. It's not even clear syllables. There's no a. There's no l. It's stray. Like a stray Stop dog. Around. No. Think think stray dog. Yeah. Stray. Yeah. Stray. That's it. Stray. Yeah. Stray. Yeah. Now our nation's capital is called. You, if you want to read our nation's capital, it looks like it's spelt Canberra, but no 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 no, it's pronounced Canberra. 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 Mate. Canberra. So you just got to drop. I think John's hearing funny things again. Look, Edgar, all I'm hearing is you need to get your shit together. You know what I mean? <laughs> it sounds like it. Look, look, uh, on, the, on the chat over here, they're bashing on me, kind of going, what are you, Jamaican, Edgar? What's your problem? <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Australia. So, look, Ed, Edgar, that's why I, I, just... I can't do that because I'm just, I'm just, I'm terrible at this. I got to throw something else out there for you, Edgar. I'm sorry. I know this is your podcast, and I'm I'm just I'm taking over a, a moment right now. I'm, get, so I'm just, getting picked on, John. You know, this is this is like alpha male <laughs> podcast moment yes. right now. I'm just sort of taking over. I got to ask you, boys. I'm I was really intimidated at the start of this show as you read that intro. It was it was smooth. Don't listen to the BS you're copying from your mates. There, you you did awesome. Thank you. Now, one of the things you've got are these extended names for yourself. These describer names. Yes. Could I ask maybe just to have a think and your, your, your listeners to help Luke and I come up with our names? You know, we've got the fastest netter and the, the – what, I can't remember them right now off the top of my head, what you've got. We need little nicknames, Luke and I, for ourselves. I we want to be like you. 
Luke Mustache. <laughs> mustache you a question. Bradley. Luke Mustache. <laughs> mustache you. I mustache you a question, Luke. <laughs> I just love your oh, names, Lord. boys. We're gonna have to it's come classy. up with some names for them, guys. Luke we are. Uh, have you have you guys have you guys heard of a famous actor come something on from Australia called Dame Edna? Dame Edna, does that name ring any bells to you guys? Dame no, Edna. No, fair enough. No, probably not right. that one. Yeah, We're joke's lost. That's fine. <laughs> Next. Sorry. <laughs> wow. I love this. Uh, killer. All right, guys. I want the record to reflect that during that whole time that we were talking about the sweet ass and the faffing around and all that kind of stuff, Zach has been very, very quiet in the background and has not said a word. So I'm watching you, Zach. All right, guys, let's get this party started. And before we get started today, what I want our listeners to know is a little bit about each one of you and you know how you got started in the pool industry and kind of what are your current roles in the industry. So, David, I'm going to go with you first. Cool. Uh, Edgar, believe it or not, I started life out as a primary school teacher. So that's where I uh, started my career at, finished high school, went to, well, we call it university, equivalent of of your college um, process, four years, did teaching and went, you know what, those that can't teach, I want to go and do, and uh, decided I needed to go get some real commercial world experience. Um, Love our teachers. You do a great job. Thank you to our teachers. Uh, Wasn't a fit for me. And wanted to get some real commercial world experience. And after some time, found myself by accident really sitting in an airport lounge one day, having a coffee with a couple of guys who worked in the industry from chemistry perspective. And I landed a job with that company. And that chemistry side of things got me started in this industry. I worked with them for a number of years. I then got into a training organization to try and professionalize our industry a little bit with some recognition and some courses that were available at the time. We call them Cert 3s and Cert 4s over here, essentially trade level qualifications, uh, if you like. And then ended up with the association here, so the Swimming Pool and Spa Association, which is our industry peak body in Australia and New Zealand, Uh, not to forget our Kiwi friends across the ditch, uh, our cousins over there, who we've got a great relationship with. And that association has given me the opportunity to do lots of things. I suppose if there's three words, and Luke will speak to this later himself, because he really sits in in an important role there within the association, it's to promote, protect and grow. What I get to do, and I mean get to do, I wake up in the morning, I really mean this, I don't have to go to work, I get to go to work, I get to speak with people like you, I get to work with our industry suppliers, and I get to do two of those three things, and that's find ways to promote our industry um, and to grow our industry, and I absolutely uh, take that as a huge privilege to be a part of the Peak Association in the best industry that there is, bringing health outcomes and wellness and fun and memories and families and benefit to families for generations. And I love it. So that's, that's me, Edgar. That's great. What about you, Luke? Well, as you boys can see, this is why I can't get a word in on our podcast is he just keeps talking. So he just keeps going and going. We have one of those. Well, he's called you say that, Luke. Just let me say another thing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pool boy from way back. So ever since I finished school, I started cleaning pools and packing salt, I called it, because, well, 
JJ, I reckon you and I could have a rival for heaviest bloke on the podcast here. I think I'd win. Uh, I always win that competition. So uh, <laughs> um, straight out of school, packing salt, moving stuff around. Uh, opened up a pool shop when I was younger as well. So I had my own uh, pool maintenance business. Then I went to work for one of the big global manufacturers of equipment, then a, a fiberglass pool manufacturer, which was super fun. And now I'm here working with Sparzo, which is the association like the PHTA. And we have different brands like Splash, which is the podcast that we do. It has a bunch of different channels. So we get to do a heck of a lot of stuff. And it's it's really awesome because I think the passion, even amongst the five of us on this podcast, kind of oozes out. Like we're all, we all take pride in what we do. Here's a, a colloquial term for you. They take the piss out of us in movies. As pool boys, I've come to clean the pool. And you're like, no, no. We're pretty, it's a pretty friggin' awesome gig, man. There's a lot more to it than what people see. So I take great pride in our industry and in getting to do what they do and helping everyone succeed and, and continually lift that bar from a professional sense, much like your intro. I love your intro. Uh, I know we've been poking fun at it, but like, it's so right. Like, you know, let's take pride in what we do. And that's what I want everyone to see. Well, I was just going to ask you kind of touched on Spaza and maybe you can kind of elaborate on that more and, like, how did you get involved with that and what all does it entail? Spazza is much like your PHTA, I would suggest, the Pool and Hot Tub Association uh, in here, over here. It's much the same, just a swimming pool and spa association, just another term difference there. So how did I get involved? Um, there was an opportunity that came up, I don't know, about four years ago, I guess, to work within the association. Like Dave alluded to earlier, there's three primary mandates, which is to protect the industry, promote it, and to grow it. Some might say promotion and grow are similar, but they're starkly different. So drilling down into the business model of that, if that's where you're going, Zach, there's, there's kind of four things. And I touched on some of them uh, in my little uh, ad lib bit there, but the professionalism. I mean, I'm sure you guys face it, and Edgar, I'm sure we'll get stuck into this a bit more in depth, but I call them polies, yeah? These people who just put a pool pole on the back of their crappy-ass ute and drive around and just scooping pools. And they have no frigging idea what they're doing. Like, they just don't. You know, it takes a hell of a lot of knowledge and a lot of detail to maintain a pool properly or to build a pool properly or to spec the right equipment, for heaven's sake, the hydraulic side of it, you know? So I got sick of the polies driving around. So we want to train people. So we want our industry to become more professional so that we can have that different level of respect that we deserve for the roles that we play in people's lives. Listening to what you're saying, and you're just saying it in like an Australian, wonderful Australian accent, it is literally word for word what we're doing too. And it's a beautiful thing to see that, you know, there's more of us out there, people out there that are trying to elevate the game in our industry because that was what got me into this and why I wanted to do it. I'm a part of this and we believe in a rising tide raises all ships. And if we can raise the bar, then we can be just a little bit better and better and better and better. And that's our goal. And I'm listening to exactly what you're doing. And I know we're kidding and having fun and doing that kind of stuff. But hearing what you're doing is just, it's literally you guys, or we are a version of you out here, you know, and it's pretty neat. So going into our next question, uh, and I know you already said it, but I want to, I want you to say it clearly and kind of where people can, can find you, the name of your podcast, where they can download. Do they have to have a VPN and say they're in Australia in order to listen to you? And then what are the topics you guys talk about that our, that our listeners, if they want to listen to the, what, the number eight podcast in the world or something? Uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Top top. We're within the top ten, JJ. Yes, There's no need yes. to disclose the exact right. position. Okay. Top top ten. Unless top it was 10, number one. Pretty badass, uh, actually. Very and, impressive. And, and, <clears throat> and like all media sound bites, let's put an asterisk after that of going right. for our industry, yeah. and then, not not overall. We're but, the number one, and there's a little asterisk by my yeah. wife. Joe my Ryan, wife says so. Yeah, that that my Joe wife says we're not down. Yeah. Right. Wife and kids approve, uh, surveyed four children and my wife. And I still came second. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, thanks so much for asking that, John. We are, uh, it's called the Splash Podcast. So you can find it on any of the podcast channels, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Heck, if you want to go old school, you can go to a website address, which is splash buzzsprout.com and you can see our full back catalog we are under the splash brand so splash is its own brand it's a business to business brand that talks that helps industry oems distributors anything like that government talk to the industry so to the trade much like people like us third biggest trade show on the planet biggest in the southern hemisphere boys i'm inviting you right now luke and i are putting out the invite to you to your listeners uh if you can get here get here june 22nd and 23rd on the beautiful gold coast uh just down the road from where luke and i uh broadcast out of in beautiful coastal queensland australia just think florida only better um out here you know just sunshine less alligators less alligator a lot less alligators (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Come on out, look it up, splashexpo.com.au. You've got to throw the .au on there for Australia. But I'm sorry to interrupt you, Luke. It's what I do. We want to invite you out. Come on out, boys. We'll broadcast together out here. We're throwing it down at you. That would be awesome. And you know what, guys? I'm going to put it on here too. I'm going to reach out to the big three and see who wants to sponsor our trip out there. So so there it is on 100%. online. So Let's go. Let's go. So how big is the pool industry out in Australia? Well, look, let me start and then you can add. I'll just go really basic and broad, Luke, and you've got more of the data and knowledge on, on that than, than I do. I'm not just a pretty face. I'm not even a pretty face. Um, the, it's a culture here. Swimming, water is a culture. We are born uh, and raised around water. Something like 90% of uh, our population lives coastally. One in five households has a swimming pool. 93, 94, might even be higher than that, Luke, the percent of Australians can swim. So our industry is big. Now, we're one-tenth the size when it comes to pools of, uh, of the USA, but from a population perspective and an engagement and an industry, even from an innovation point, and we might get to that later with, you know, around your chlorine shortages and why we don't suffer the same thing here and around some other innovations that have come out of, out of this neck of the woods. We punch above our weight. So culturally speaking, swimming pools play a huge role in the life of Australians uh, and New Zealanders too. Luke, you might want to come off mute, man. Q, Q Luke. Oh, oh there you I'm go. We're back. not the only ones. <laughs> yes, you got me. Yes. Hey, hey, there you go. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Luke. Um, look, Dave's back on it and he said it so well. From the time we're born, uh, even to the time we go through a diet, I mean, we learn to swim. And then even as we age and our bodies break down, hydrotherapy is a great form of kind of rehabilitation for the, for the aching joints, for the bones and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we haven't even touched on spas. Like you relax in a spa and then go swim in the pool. It's cultural. We are a young country. Like 
You guys know that. We know that. But our culture is around water, beach, sun, sand, surf, pools, spas. That's what we do. So Dave said at one point, one in every five households in Australia, which is a lot. And JJ, we poked fun before of going most pools per capita. And that's much the same for here. Like if I was to take you guys for a walk on the block that I live, from a bird's eye view, there are nine houses kind of within the block and eight of us have swimming pools. So, you know, where, where I live in particular has a lot more pools than usual as well. It's just how we live. With your guys' pools, is it mostly in-ground, above-ground? Are they gunite? Are they fiberglass? What's that kind of look like over there? Traditionally, the backyard pool has been, traditionally, we're going back, 70s, 80s, 90s, has been, I'm not sure how you guys measure pools. We sort of talk in litres, 50,000 litres. So what's that, about 12,500 gallon pools, um, litre pool, ah, gallon, litre, getting all my, uh, why don't you guys just go metric for God's sake? Unbelievable. We tried that once. It, it didn't work. We set the date. We said it's going to happen on this day and everybody just went, ah, we're too lazy. <laughs> now the rest of us are confused, just trying to accommodate you Americans who demand to be accommodated everywhere. <laughs> um, so that was the traditional um, swimming pool was big. It was concrete, um, you know, reinforced seal, sprayed concrete with tiles or pebble crete or so forth. In the last 25 years, there's been a shift to uh, fiberglass or composite pools, really developed out of the west of our country, which is very sandy in Western Australia. Uh, they have led the world in developing that fiberglass type of pool, dig a hole, drop it in, backfill, away we go. And what we're seeing now is a trend more towards, so that was the traditional type of pool. But if you take a sort of a split over the last three to four years, more and more and more, we're seeing uh, smaller block sizes. So single dwelling units that are going on a block of land, those sizes, those land sizes have dropped from six, seven, eight hundred square meters or a quarter acre to an eighth acre to, you know, something well, well smaller than that. Um, and again, I know you guys measure in square feet. We don't. So forgive me, I'm not talking your language very well. Suffice to say, blocks are getting smaller. Space is becoming more premium and we are seeing more uh, what we're calling plunge pools, prefab pools um, going in, swim spas and um, what, I th you know, that hot tub portable spa type of thing has been growth too. Uh, throw to you, Luke, to add on to that, man. Nothing to add, mate. You summed up nicely. There's been a, a shift away from bigger pools to more pools, which is exactly what we want. We want more people swimming in more pools more often. It's not so much a everyone has to have a 10 by 4 meter pool in their backyard. It's whatever the heck you can fit so long as you can get in there and get wet. You know, that's what it's about over here. And like Dave's saying, it's access, it's ability to fit it, it's the speed of which you want it done, it's the level of customized nature that you're not, customability that you need to suit your backyard or front yard or rooftop or whatever the heck you want. It's, yeah, we, we'll manufacture anything so long as you can have a pool in your backyard, basically. You know, a number of years ago in this country, it is hot. Um, it, get, it gets hot. In, in Australia and where Luke and I are in Queensland, I've got my air conditioner running right now. We need our air conditioner running for, for most of the year. Uh, otherwise, we're just dripping balls of, of sweat. And even up until 15, 20 years ago, new homes being built weren't necessarily being built with air conditioners. It was still seen as a luxury item. That changed. What we're trying to see happen as an association and accommodating smaller block sizes is to make sure that you know, every Australian has the right and the ability to access. If you're building a home, then you should be building into that. Not just your air conditioning, you should be building in water somewhere, recreational water, be it a swim spa, be it a spa, a hot tub, be it a, a plunge pool or a big traditional 50,000 litre or 12,500 gallon pool. 
That's what we want to see is that it becomes a no-brainer that every Australian home that's being built would least have the ability to consider putting a pool or a spa in at that time. I think that's a lot of what we're seeing here, at least where I'm at, is exactly the same thing that you were saying, David. You know, obviously the houses are being built on a lot less land, so there's a small, a lot smaller backyards. But all those pools that are being built are a lot more of the smaller pools than it used to be years ago when everything was just this big, huge, gigantic pool. I do have to say where I'm at, Zach, I don't know in Houston where you're at, but I can't throw a rock without hitting a, a house that's having a pool built. I mean, they're just, they're everywhere. Yeah, no, it's going crazy here. And it's the same thing. I mean, lot sizes I'm seeing, even if they still have a big lot size, they're putting in a smaller body of water. They're just putting more of that money into the features, finishes and, you know, kitchens and coverings and things like that, which I personally kind of agree with that. I I would, I don't see the need for such a massive body of water in the backyard, but a lot of the older pools that we go to, the backyards are very basic, very simple. There's nothing exciting about it. And it's just a big body of water there. So, yeah, sorry, I just, sorry, JJ, can I just oh, jump in there, man? Yeah, I, uh, I, I know we've gone a bit serious and I want to stay there, but has David changed his glasses in the last five minutes? Yeah, I, I'm sure they're You know, different. I wanted to say something and I just. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I, I'm having a hard time because all I can see are the, those portraits that he has back there on the wall right there. Of and himself. I think, I think it's the, <laughs> oh, why'd you take them off? That, they were glorious. Oh, they were glorious. I, I just want you to know, David, You're that muted. I am going to create, <laughs> create now I'm going to create a little video clip of that and, and post that on social media. <laughs> I, I, it, he had red trim glasses in his portrait. I think they were like. No, you're imagining. Oh, I, I, look, these have been the glasses I've had on the whole time. Yeah. I don't oh, know where you think right? all these other glasses could be coming from. No idea. Uh, oh I just want God. one of those pictures. How do, how do we get one of those? <laughs> Luke, I can't believe you gave my gag up. I feel betrayed by you, brother. <laughs> Mate, I thought we were on the same team, and you gave my gag up. I was waiting to see how long these boys took to notice that about every three minutes I've changed my glasses. Right. right. Well, and yeah. they're radical changes. We've been through green and pink and black and round and square. I'm sorry. No idea. It just dawned on me. Like, it wasn't just – I didn't know it was a gag. I just go, what's this – like when I made the Dave, when I made the Dave Ender joke, you had pink ones, and I'm like, "Is this just me?" Like, As my little running gag, I was wondering, boys, how long it'd take. I suppose you're uh, the winner then, Luke. But I thought you'd back me up and realise, mate. Uh, I thought we'd been together long enough. We were a bit like, you know, a bit like a partnership, a Penn and Teller, or a, I don't know, Torval and Dean. I thought we were that type of thing. Big spoon, little spoon, Jekyll and Hyde. What it was is he did the glass changes when he went like all serious into the pool talk and we're all like concentrated on the conversation and he's kind of switching so what else out. Is, it so. looks like he's taking his shorts off right now. It's not that kind of show, David. <laughs> Heaven's oh sake. Oh, my God. Exactly. Now we're going to now we're a little bit of lounge, a little right. bit of lounge time, okay? In our conversation, we're going to take changing on the podcast now. That, dude, look, this is this is quite the show we're putting we on here. I encourage up. everybody to watch us. Watch the video of this podcast and not just listen to it because this is. I'm just thinking about next week. What right? I'm gonna wear. I, like I'm already trying. Well, to for sure. That. And I'm thinking about. Damn, how are we gonna? I mean, we. You guys set the bar. We're talking about raising the industry, right? Or setting the bar up a little higher. And you guys definitely have done that now. And I think every week we're gonna have to figure out a way to at least 
maintain this level of classiness, yet like fun, yet super informative type of show that you've helped us put on today. And I thank you because I think you, you bettered us as a podcast today. No, no, Seriously. no. Look, we put the ass in class. <laughs> Sweet ass. <laughs> Sweet ass. Sweet ass. Sweet ass. So, Sweet ass. Edgar, I think you were asking before, just, just to try and bring some decorum back to this, because your boys have really just taken it somewhere. I don't know. But, you know, get, get your lads under control. I just, I just want you to know that Luke was the one that kind of – we were, like, deep in conversation, and Luke just threw us the laugh field, you know. It's because my I thought process shift, got thrown I was trying off. to shift blame. <laughs> I was trying to shift blame back to the American <laughs> – because we all know it's America's fault. At the end of the day, whatever goes wrong in the world, it was America's fault. All I Absolutely. got from it is that Luke is finally paying attention to you, David, because obviously <laughs> on the podcast he doesn't. When you do that, when you do Thank your you. switch change, he doesn't even pay attention. And finally now, after so long, after how many hours, countless hours with you, right, now he finally is paying attention to what you're saying. So I don't I know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Look, these ones don't even have lenses. No. <laughs> I can't say anything, but crazy. <laughs> okay. So, Edgar, let, let, let's yeah, go look, ahead. You go and ahead. I, let's leave it. Let's leave these three back. I think you are starting to ask about some of the trends that were going on, or am I taking it somewhere that you weren't going? You go anywhere you want. Yeah. <laughs> don't give him. Don't give him that free ride. What? You know, I think we're starting to see some of those trends in the U.S. It's just really interesting to see that that's a kind of very similar to what we're seeing in other markets, even in Australia, is that shift from old school, big, huge pool. Now it's obviously more of the staycation, right? It's those backyards with the swim-up bars and the, the little gazebos and stuff like that, kind of turning it into that little backyard paradise versus the old school square pool, you know, just concrete. 100% Edgar, what we're seeing is once upon a time having a pool in the backyard was enough. Now what we're seeing is a shift with the consumer wanting more. They want a better experience. So once upon a time it was, well, we might talk salt a bit later, but it was salt pool. Now it's mineral pool. Now the pool needs to not just be a pool, it needs to be heated. Now it used to be a suction cleaner, now it's a robot. It used to be a single speed pump, now it's a variable speed pump. So we're it used to be, you know, I used to go out and do it myself. Now it's automation. And so, you know, it used to be maybe a single color light. Now it's a full on light show around the pool or water feature or whatever it is in the landscaping and lifestyle and look that goes around that. So we're seeing a trend towards smaller, but also more, more and better more around that as well. Look, I'm sold. When I heard you talking, this is kind of serious, but a little fun. But the way you were saying it was almost like, Having a swimming pool in your backyard is a right. It's not a privilege. Every home must have one. It makes you kind of want to go legislate on it is kind of like how you're kind of portraying it. And it's here in the States, or especially where we're at, we're in a different world and that's kind of not it. Everybody wants a swimming pool out here, you know, and everybody expects to have one out here. And that's kind of like the norm. And it's interesting to see where, you know, in different parts of the world, how how that mentality is a little different or how people are either we're way behind the curve on some of the things that you guys are doing as a nation or as a, as a country, right? And we're finally getting our asses together and doing what you guys are doing. And then vice versa on other things where, you know, where we've been doing things a certain way and then now you guys, and it's just fascinating to hear it and to see how things are so different. I think as human beings, it's so easy to be disconnected and kind of live in our own little bubble, and think it's not like that where you're at or, you know, this is like this. Over, 
you know, it's like this for me. I'm experiencing it and the people I know and and you don't you don't take into consideration some of the things that others are going through. So that's just really, really neat. Some other things as well, and Edgar, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down. So I'll just touch on this and then take it where we need to. But any business will do some sort of a SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, right? We all know the SWOT analysis. And it's taking some of our weaknesses, how can we turn those into the strengths, our threats to opportunities? And I think we are recognising in this country that there are two major threats to us as an industry, and that is water and energy. And we are seen often as the bad guys on water and energy. So it's how do we take a threat like that and turn it into an opportunity And that's something we've been working on this country as well with something called Climate Care Certified, where we've worked with industry and turned it into a promotional thing now where a pool or a system or a product can get this certified tick and now working with governments to say, hey, don't you come in and regulate us out of existence with some bureaucrat signing something in paper trying to leave a legacy that wipes out 5% of our industry overnight but let us self-regulate. We're ahead of the curve on these energy threats and so forth. So that's just another a threat that we're looking at in this country. And I assume, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, Palm Springs and the desert and the heat and everything out there. You've had water shortages in California. We've heard about that out here. And I suspect you're facing some of those same threats as, as we are and how we respond to those. And the misconception is that, you know, that a swimming pool, you know, uses so much water. And the reality, compared to a lawn or watering your lawn, a swimming pool, you know, of equal size over time uses a lot less water than that lawn does, as long as it's structurally sound and maintained and and taken care of correctly. And it's that gap or that ignorance that people don't have, and they automatically assume that, hey, look, swimming pool bad, right? You're wasting all this water and you're doing that. We, we're going through those troubles here in California. Like you said, we have the drought. Our specific area, we're not really prone to, to that much because we have like an aquifer and we have a lot of water. But that doesn't. But as a state, I mean, it's really bad. We're, we're passing legislation or talking about legislation where they're going to limit each individual to 50 gallons of water a day or something like that. And they're going to put in meters and... And you're going to be fined if you don't. And it's gnarly. We can try to stick our heads in the ground and pretend like la, 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 like this isn't an issue. But it really is. And if there aren't people in the industry that step up and fight or explain or educate those that make these decisions or make these laws of, you know, the correct thinking or correct, you know, get the right education on it, then they're going to pass legislation or, you know, they're going to create a bunch of red tape that is going to put a stranglehold on our industry and it's going to kill us. So um, I agree 100%. 100%. I think, JJ, whether this is, sorry, whether this is the format for, I'm happy to talk to you about it after as well, because Dave alluded to a scheme called Climate Care Certified which has dealt with that exact scenario, much like what you were just describing. Uh, But only a couple of years ago in in Sydney, you guys all know Sydney, they wanted to put those similar uh, conditions and rules and regs in place. And Climate Care Certified actually worked with the industry to come together to work with the the, the water authorities or the, the bureaucrats with that red tape to come to an agreement on some mechanisms that we could put in place that could actually not hurt our industry and turn the lifestyle off, literally turn the tap off that our industry brings to people's homes. So they wanted to bring in, you know, a level of water restrictions for the whole house, but they wanted to go to level five restrictions for swimming pools. Now 
that's dramatic. That's no new swimming pools can be filled and no pools can be topped up. Now, I, you guys all know this because you're all, you know, from the pool game. You know the impact that has one on society, but two on stagnant bodies of water. Now, that's not on. Fortunately, we had that group, John, that you were talking about just before that, that stood up, that came together to unite to talk to government in this case and let cool heads prevail and actually come to an agreement where, hey, hey, it's okay. This is what we can do. The severe impact, if you did this, is way worse than, you know, you consuming a few extra liters of water here and there. And that's not saying that we're okay with being wasteful because we're absolutely not. But the adverse effect of just turning the tap off would have been oh, really bad for one people's lives, their pools, but also our industry. So happy to talk about that further with you, JJ. Let me ask you this. So you're going to have to forgive me because I don't know how it is there, but you have Australia and then you have your association is your association really that association that is able to, throughout the entire Australia, be able to go and make sure that those legislations aren't passing? Because I think here in the United States, we have some of those, but I think what tends to happen over here is every state is different. So I think what happens is you kind of lose a little bit of that inclusiveness because what somebody needs in one state might be very different than what another state needs. So California, they're going to be a lot more strict. They're going to do that. Texas is going to be a lot more willy-nilly. Yeah, whatever. So with your association, does that really kind of cover all of Australia? It's a really good question, Edgar. Originally, our association in Australia, so we're a nation, just for those who might not know amongst your listeners, we're broken up into states. We're obviously an, an island continent. We are a big piece of land. So there are, like you, there are different states that will have different climates, different needs, different rules, and so forth. Now, up until a few years ago, our association, which acts on advocacy and representation to government around standards and all of these bureaucratic implications we're discussing, was state-based. So five years ago, the industry unified state by state across state lines and said, listen, we need to form a national association and that's who Luke and I uh, represent is a national unified association. Now, every state is subject to national standards called Australian standards in New Zealand, the New Zealand standards. At the moment, we have someone in our association, very uh, articulate, very smart, very committed and very much a bulldog who fights for our industry and over the last five years has sat on over 50, 50 Australian standards to protect and grow our industry, to work with governments rather than governments coming back and saying, hi, it's going to be like this. No, no, we're making sure we're putting in submissions. Our industry is engaged and involved in creating uh, survey responses uh, and information back to frame those government decisions that we can have influence and drive that for the benefit of not just our industry, but our consumer, the Australian people at the end of the day as well, with the benefit of what we know we bring. And that's another part of the process is just data gathering, that we've got data from industry, from consumer to present back to government and go, you're dealing with a unified and an impactful and an important industry here on so many levels. We matter. Uh, work with us. And that's what's been happening. Luke, you got something you'd, you'd speak to on that too, mate? Uh, yeah. So I suppose you, you summed it up well, but I suppose to liken it and to put it into context, it's yeah, like your ANSIs, your ANSIs, we have the Australian standards. So actively, our association sits on a lot of those, which shapes and frames 
what it can look like. There's some really bad stuff that could have come down, like you were saying before, John, in terms of trickling down and impacting or minimizing the ability for our industry to grow. And they were pushed back only because of what we're able to do on the standards uh, and, and shape those. Now, that's not just us mandating where it goes. We are SPARSA, and in this case, is uh, an industry-based association, so it represents its members. There are always committees that are put together from professionals within the trade to consult on and to shape uh, what it looks like and have, uh, at the end of the day, it's a united front and a united opinion. Back to what Dave was saying before about pre-2017, there was a fragmented approach. So if you can picture, you know, we're a three-level you know, government in Australia. So we've got local councils, we've got states, and then we've got the federal government. So you can imagine, right, all these different states trying to push something through a federal government. Now, much like the three of you on this phone call, each of your states where you live have a different agenda based on a different list of priorities from their constituents, right? It's much the same over here. So if you've got a state body pushing against another state body, imagine what the federal government's going to do with that. They're going to wash their hands and go, hey, guys, get your crap together and come back to us with one message, and then we might be able to do something. So the impact that since nationalizing as, as the association and coming together to bring that united message as one to government, the things that have been able to be changed and the influence uh, that we've been able to get through our representation has just increased the efficacy or increased the impact of our advocacy at those levels. So it's amazing what that United Front will do in presenting one movement to shape what everything can look like. It's, it's very easy then. You know, <laughs> this is what this industry needs to be effective. Boom, off we go. It's like a, it's been a five-year journey that's an overnight success in some instances. Edgar, you want to, we've been flying we, an hour in, you want to do a commercial? Yeah, guys, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we will continue. Thank you, John. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. 
You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to David. We're talking to Luke from the Splash Podcast from Australia. We recorded this podcast. It ended up being a two-hour, so we're going to finish part one here, and we will release part two next week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Welcome to the Pool Nation Podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host. With over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation podcast. Today, we continue with part two of our podcast with Luke and David from the Splash podcast from Australia. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Luke. We're talking to David from the Splash podcast out in Australia. For all of you that are listening, obviously, you're not seeing, but David, who was that that kind of came into the picture? Oh, that was my beautiful daughter. While we're having a break, I gave her a call to come and reheat my coffee for me. So she came in and, you know, you don't get to bring me a coffee without getting a little cuddle and kiss from dad as well. So that's great. So big shout out to her, obviously, for coming on. And guys, let me ask you this. So what do you think would be some of the threats that you guys are seeing to the industry there in Australia? Do you want me to talk that? No. Nobody's talking. Sorry, Luke, I thought I've answered every question first. I was just gonna just I was gonna shut up on this one and go, Dave. Let Luke have a go here, mate. I think we've addressed the the main one, yeah, in terms of those, those scarce resources, in terms of electricity and water, and governments trying to regulate or or mandate different things that would impact the growth. That's probably our biggest threat. Fencing has been another one. It's a big thing over here, pool safety. I'd be interested. I'd be interested to hear what it's like for where you guys are as well. But pool safety is a big one. And sometimes there's been a lot recently, you know, some of those standards that we were just referring to in that last segment were around pool safety and going to one of the things they wanted internal fences. So, you know, off the balcony into the pool, they wanted to have a fence that was 1800 high, you know, six foot tall. In this case, they wanted a fence that was six foot tall between you and the pool from your backyard. Now, I don't know about you boys, but that's a big ass fence to look through in your backyard. You know, maybe from an external boundary that is, you know, that is in place over here and that's external. So sometimes you want the privacy anyway when you're swimming, but 
an 1800 high fence as an internal barrier, I mean, think about it. You got big black fence or a big sheet of glass or whatever. I mean, who's going to want to put a pool in for that? There are some things to do with offsetting boundaries, not being able to build up right up to uh, the perimeter of your property. Now, we've already established and we're talking about really at the top of pools already getting smaller. Now, at what point is a pool too small that it's not worth putting in? There's no point having a literal bathtub in your backyard, is there? At what point does a pool become too small? Some of these efforts that we do through the association part of what we do really do have a significant impact. And you can attribute an economic fallout from those things coming down the line. And you could literally quantify the amount of pools that wouldn't get built at that point in time. A lot of the threats we're able to see coming and work towards either preventing or mitigating some of those risks. The other side, and I think it's been an opportunity and I think it continues to be an opportunity. Our industry's really come into, and it's, you know, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, soon at some point of going the minimized movement through whether it's, dare I say it, COVID. And we've done, we've done an hour and 20 minutes. So I feel like it's that drinking game of we've gone so far without mentioning that word. But people haven't been traveling as much. People are wanting for that everydaycation or staycation or in their backyards. So it's been an opportunity because travel's been minimized and we Aussies love to travel. Yeah. We love to go to America. We love to go to Europe. We love to go to Bali is a big bogan paradise that Aussies love to go to. So that travel dollar has not been spent overseas or in the air at 30,000 feet, 500 mile an hour, Zach, for you all. Uh, it's being put into their backyard. So. The opportunity has been there, but the threat is when that all starts to open back up again and people start to to do that. Now, I remember talking about it the other day on the Instagram Live and talking about the long, fat tail that comes after it and going, how can we maximize that? How can we keep people loving their pool and spa? How can we keep them swimming even though they might be able to travel? So it's an opportunity still. I think the threat is that people, you know, pendulum swing back the other way and forget about their backyard. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Luke. I'd throw another sort of angle on the threats as well. And you touched on it early on in our conversation, Mr. Luke Daly, and it was recognition piece that our profession requires a wide base of knowledge. We're involved in a lot of things from chemistry, handling, uh, safety, uh, basic electrical, plumbing, hydraulics, all of this different sort of automation and programming. We are a skilled-based industry, but we've never been recognized by that, and that is a threat. And Luke said earlier, our job as an association is to see these threats coming and turn those threats into an association. So one of the things that we've done here in this part of the world is create, we call an RTO. It stands for a Registered Training Organization. That simply means that the federal government, the Commonwealth government says, okay, we recognize you and you are approved, and the courses that you are delivering are approved and will be recognized as Cert 3, Cert 4s, trade-based standards, essentially, that there is recognition on this. Because if we don't invest in pathways for people, our industry dies. We need to attract, to retain, to train, to continually improve our industry. And that's done uh, through innovation of product, sure. But innovation of product only happens when you've got people in place who are passionate and being invested in. 
And so I think one of the great threats, Edgar, to our industry is making sure that we are attracting the next generation of school leavers into becoming the next generation of pool builders, of techies, of, you know, guys driving around in utes with a fleet of utes. If you don't know what that is, that's our small version of a pickup out here. And being the pool professionals of the future, the next generation of school leavers going in and working for some of the big corporates and developing new products and engineering One of the fabulous things we're seeing in data and trend with this brand here with Splash that I have the privilege of looking after for industry, for business to business, is in the last five years, I've seen two major trends in our industry. And it's really healthy given that this is the threat. One is the average age of people engaging in our brand five years ago was 45 to 54. And it was 70% male. So we had old men in our industry. Right now, our business-to-business brand in Splash, our engagement level from industry shows nearly 50% female and the most engaged age group is 25 to 34s. So we're getting younger and we are getting more female, we are getting more inclusive and we are getting better as an industry from that. So there's a threat, but as Luke said, it's our job to see those threats and years in advance start putting things in place. It's nice to be able to measure some of those numbers starting to happen, but we've got to stay on it because lack of professionalism, recognition, and not attracting and retaining great people will kill our industry. Look, I have to comment on this, right? And and I know this podcast, we're going to go into midnight for us, and I'm okay with it. You know, we're we're not even halfway through the questions that we're supposed to ask. We're supposed to be done 20 minutes ago, but this is awesome. And literally, and here goes again, what you're saying, it is exactly the same battle the same struggles that we're going through here as a nation in our industry. Touched on it a little bit here, but I'm looking at it as now knowing that we're both on different sides of the world, right? We're going through the same troubles, the same struggles. We're trying to achieve the same status. We're trying to elevate our industry that moving forward, what we should be doing, and I think we will based off the relationship that we have now and as we grow it in the future, as we start to figure out how to overcome these obstacles or, you know, how to gain traction or take one step forward, that's how we can team up together and help each other out. And likewise, when you finally jump over the hurdle of one of the many things that you're going through, and that you're trying to do as a country and as an industry, which are literally word for word, the exact same struggles that we're going through, you know, we can feed off each other and help build each other so that we can help. Hey, this worked for us. This is how we tackled this, you know, and vice versa, back and forth. And it's very encouraging to see that we're in this together. And even though we're thousands of miles apart, almost feels like a completely different world but we're just human and we're going through the same shit. And I think, like I said, it's really, really just very encouraging. And I can see us working together somehow, some way, in some form or fashion to where we can speed up that process or kind of get to where we want to get a little bit quicker. I mean, isn't it right, Edgar? Uh, Yeah. Everything he's saying is what we've been preaching. Everything. Yeah. And here's the interesting part. So, you know, I hear David talking about it and the bettering of the industry and And we even look at where we were pre the awards, right? Pre the awards, we were still kind of trying to figure out. We know that we're helping people. We know that we're kind of getting to that generation of the pool pro that wants to be seen as a professional, not just like the one pullers, but they want to 
be successful at business and be seen as something better. And one of the things that we've seen, guys, is that there is that hunger for that education. There's that hunger for the professionalism to be able to grow and to be exactly what what they want to be. Right. And we always talk about it. A pool guy is an electrician, is a plumber, is, you know, they're multiple fa- an engineer. engineer. There are multiple facets of Chemist. what it is that they do. But Salesman. here's the interesting thing, guys. And it's very interesting that you say that, David, because I'm going to go back and do some research now specifically with the age group. But I just had somebody talk to me yesterday and they said, Edgar, we were at the awards. Can I ask you if you have some data on the people that were there? And I said, we don't have any. But yeah, what, what's your question? And he said, I want you to realize that we were in that room. And the number one thing that we noticed is that the pool pros that were at the awards were all younger crowds. We went in expecting that these awards were going to be a lot of these older pool guys, a lot more than manufacturers. And we had 130 people there. About 75 of them were pool pros. Great. And it, it made me think, and it was like, oh my God, it's true. A lot of the guys that were then girls that were there, they're all that younger generation that are trying to, to grow into that. So David, for for me, it just fires me up and it kind of gets that passion going because it's exactly what we want to do. We want to better the industry. And one of the things that we have to do to be able to do that is put that education and put those tools together so that they will help that guy be able to succeed. And I know you were being gender inclusive there, but and girls as well. Yes. Um, I am stoked to see with the suppliers I'm working with now, more and more managers coming up who are professional young women um, who are one of the measures I look for when I'm doing promotion industry sort of stuff. And I, I won't go down that rabbit hole too far, but one of the measures for me on the quality of the sort of person I'm dealing with and whether this is going to be a good relationship or not is what is the quality of questions you're asking? Are you coming in with all the knowledge and I can't help you? Or are you going to be asking some great questions? And to watch these young women, professional women coming into our industry through suppliers, through retailers, through service techs, through every level of the industry and lift our industry another level has been absolutely fantastic. You know, Luke, I think you'd back me up here as well. We've seen over the last five years in our awards, we always had sort of 50% females in the room because they were the plus ones of the guys who dug holes. We love our pool builders. We absolutely adore you. You do great work. But now we've got an industry that is not just around the pool builder. We are far more diverse than that. We all rely on each other from conception and design through to digging the hole, through to the landscape around, through to the cleaning and maintenance of that pool afterwards, through to a supply side, through to an engagement and swimming lesson side. We're, we're all of these things together. And it's so good now to see a room at our awards filled with men and women, but women winning a very high percentage of awards. I was accused a couple of months ago from one of our women in industry, God bless her, I love the challenges, and she basically said, oh, you guys, we're only winning because you've done quotas. Hell no. The day we do quotas is the day I quit because you have got the awards because, not because you're a woman, but because you were the best. You're a legend. And you deserve that meritocracy recognition and award. And we're really proud of that with that development that we're seeing in, in this part of the world. So next question, when it comes to manufacturers, who are some of the big players out there in your area? Me. I get to answer this question. Beautiful. Look, I mean, you guys are seeing it. You guys here, 
the news left, right, and center. And, and it's not just our industry. It's across all industries. There seems to be this whole mergers and acquisitions thing happening. So, you know, big companies getting, sorry, little companies getting bought by big companies, big companies getting bought by bigger companies. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of corporatization is really hitting. I mean, I watched this year, I think it was, you know, how many bells got rung on the exchange? Was it Pentair and Hayward? And, you know, there, there's so many bells getting rung. So, with that in mind, it's a global thing. So it's not just you, it's not just us. So we have a lot of the same big ones. You know, we have the Pentes, we have Fluidra, we have Hayward, we have Waterco. You know, they're the big suppliers that you see, which which is pretty much shared, I believe. We've also got a lot of specialty suppliers as well. And, you know, this might lead us into the next question. So uh, if I can provide a, a natural uh, transition here, Edgar, you're welcome. But we, uh, you know, we've, we've got, a, we've got a lot of, of specialty manufacturers as well who are niche in what they do. You know, whether it's the heating land, you know, we've got like, uh, companies like Evo Heat or Sunbather, Boss Solar in that heating land. Cause that's a big part over here. And JJ, I see you laughing at me because you're going, we don't need heaters over here because we're in, you know, Palm Springs and Queensland's much the same, right? But we're a bit soft, but it gets cold ish down in Sydney and Melbourne. So heating is a really big, part of what we do over here. So we've got, you know, specialty heating manufacturers. We've got specialty covers is a big part. And we touched on it with the, the climate care certified part. So companies like Daisy covers and rollers, then we all know what they do. They, they stop evaporation, help a bit with the heating along the way as well. And then we've also got, here you go. Here it is, Edgar. Get ready for the wind up. Actually, I'm not sure whose question's next. Uh, so it could be you, Zach. We'll never know. But salt chlorinator manufacturers is a big part of what we do as well. A company called Australian Innovative Systems or AIS Water are one of the major salt chlorinated manufacturers. And Dave interviewed Sophie on our latest episode of our podcast from All Claws. So chlorinated manufacturers, and that's just a few, yeah? So we've got more specialty suppliers as well as some of the big players in the in the global market. But yeah, salt chlorinated manufacturing is a big part of what we do. Obviously, we our industry was thrown for a huge loop after covid supply chain issues, obviously COVID shutting down a lot of places and stuff like that. Were you guys impacted just as much as we were during the last couple of years? By supply shortages, Edgar? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. On our podcast just a few weeks ago, we actually did an interview with a supplier over here who was trying to import, well, he does import heaters and various other things from around the world, and particularly as we do out of China. And his story is synonymous and repeated many, many times at the moment in our industry. So there's challenge upon challenge upon challenge. One of those challenges was that each level adds another layer of complexity. China was having its own manufacturing issues because that wasn't using Australian coal, therefore they didn't have enough electrical power. The places they were powering were the state-owned factories and not the independently-owned factories. Then shipping itself, there's just not enough shipping containers. So the cost of shipping containers, let me give you an example in Australian dollars, which is, you know, got to take about, you know, add about a third to, to the US dollar for your own mathematical transition here. But a shipping container about three years ago, a 40-foot shipping container used to cost around $3,000. Our, our guy we did the interview with told us his last shipping container ended up costing landed $16,000 just in the shipping container to get that out here. Now, by the time you amortize that cost of that shipping container out over everything that's in there, that alone is huge. 
a shipping container that cost him 500% more than it should have and than it used to, and that took instead of two weeks, 10 weeks to actually get landed and a bunch of other fees that the stevedores and the, you know, the, the corrupt, you know, every level wants their piece Orphies. of the pie. It just is insane. So, yeah, we've been suffering from some of those shortages. Also, many who are getting their, their product in from overseas are also competing with your market. Like we've already talked about how See, the bloody the bloody Americans still and all got to be accommodated. I remember being in Paris a few years ago, and these two Americans standing at a counter, and it was the greatest line ever. So I'm just throwing insults out there at you boys, but that's okay. And I'll never forget what they said: "We're American. We need to be accommodated." And no. you go. Wow. Are you kidding me? Wow. No, that was, that was the fun. You go, wow. And then they looked at us and said, we're Australian. And they go, oh, I love you, Australia, Australia. So uh, too funny. Um, but I'm being a little bit facetious. But the challenge is real, is that you are 10 times the size of our market. And so it's easier and cheaper and more efficient sometimes for that product to be fed out across your continent rather than being put on ships and coming out here. So as good as an industry as we are, as pervasive as we are in our culture, in backyards, getting our hands on stock has been a challenge, wouldn't you say, Mr. Luke Daly? Have pity on us. Keep well, us in your prayers. Australia, down. Hey. Here in the US, we see that across so everything. It's just stock. not the pull in this. Obviously, we were crippled by it. it. It was terrible. But are you guys seeing it across? Yeah. Yeah. And that's putting up with, let's talk about what that creates then is there's a few things going on. Obviously, a shortage of supply. Anyone who's done Economics 101 or just has a brain to and eyes to see knows that that puts upward pressure. Lack of supply and increase in demand is going to put an upward pressure on prices, let alone the fact that governments around the world, including yours, are putting trillions of dollars into the economy devaluing cash price. It's having an impact on inflation. The cost of a pool here has risen dramatically. And what we've seen as well, and again, I'm going from step to step to step, so you might need to pull me back here, Edgar, in the conversation, is that we saw pool builders booking out their jobs 6, 12, 18 months in advance and putting a nice thick margin on it as they should. But by the time they've come to actually complete that job, the cost of steel, the cost of concrete, the cost of equipment, the cost of labor, the cost of transport has gone up so much that those margins are now wafer thin or they're running at a loss. And that's another challenge that we need to be aware of. Is the industry there more of what we call one polars or you call them pulleys or are they large companies predominantly? Uh, look, we're, we're a beautiful mix, John, and that's what we see across the way. And I think sometimes it's a negative. So, you know, I framed it as a negative earlier in a sense that Anyone, because of the low barriers to entry from an educational licensing perspective, can chuck a pole on the back when they come back from working in the mines or come back from serving in the military, they can just throw a pole on. Now, that said that with a negative connotation. Now, the positive connotation is it's a beautiful lifestyle business too. Like if you're a one polar, but you're good at what you do, that's awesome. We have so many of those, yeah, where they run around, they earn a beautiful living and their priority in their life is to serve their family or to do something else but they buy a lifestyle business or they run a lifestyle business where, yeah, they are one polars, but we range. There's a lot of one polars. There's a lot of two ups, I call them, you know, prior of the business and, and an assistant who run around together. And that sounds fun as well. All the way through to big franchise networks that have retail stores and, and big service runs or lots of vans, lots of fleets, or big fleets rather, out on the road servicing pool. So I, it's hard to 
put a, an exact quantity or the percentage of the market on each of those, but we range from one to tens on the road, probably not hundreds. I know you guys are, again, at a scale that we can only dream of from a, uh, a population a sense. Not that we would dream of having 300 million people in Australia, but that's okay. It's, it's yeah, so we go from polys, John, just one, all the way through to big retail groups and franchise networks as well. So we've got it all. How big are those franchise networks over there? Dave, do you want to answer that quick? Or? Look, they've been growing. It's been the rise in the last couple of decades in Australia of franchising in these bigger stores. So there's four big brands over here, I suppose, that take on that landscape for, for franchising or even company-owned stores that have some impact for size of the market. I'm not actually sure, Luke, on what that data is, but they've definitely been growing aggressively so that we're an independent pool store, a retailer who might have had a retail hub of his own with five or six vans on the road or utes, you know, doing service tech work around the place, might be selling. These franchise groups have been on the hunt and the prowl and have been plucking them off and have been getting bigger and bigger over the last 20 or so years, really acquiring so. Some of these franchise networks might, you know, have over a hundred franchisees running around covering off different pockets of different territories. So it comes down to how they slice and dice it. Like Dave said, there's, you know, four or five major franchise groups, particularly in our industry, and they all have different priorities and different focuses though. Some focus on the whole business unit of retail and service vans. Others will focus on just the mobile aspect of it. That's their business model. Others are a little bit more diverse in their offering in terms of they might have a few different product ranges within their hubs. So yeah, most of those ones would, those four or five, I would consider to be the biggest and they'd all be up around the, you know, the 50 to a hundred franchises. There's some retailers who run, you know, five, six shops as well, different groups as well. So it's hard to answer that question, Edgar. I'm sorry. Let me frame that a little bit more because you guys are, are big. You are far bigger than we are. So when you've got 50 spots, 50 locations around Australia to 100, you're actually a power brand. You're probably a household name as a brand. That's significant. When we've got the population of what you have between, I don't know, the border at Tijuana to the north side of LA, and that's our entire nation's population. To have you know 50 to 100 locations with that many of population, you're a power brand. I was just going to say, it's crazy hearing that. And again, John already touched on it, but it's very similar to what's going on here. We're seeing a lot of that. And another thing that I'm seeing in my area is a lot of the one polars are becoming the next step. I forget what you call that, the twosies or whatever. We're seeing a lot more of that. And the conversation's really starting to go into how do I make that first hire? What are some things I should look for? How do I onboard someone and train them? And it's awesome. And I think it is because we are seeing the industry transition to becoming more professional. So we're seeing a lot of the bottom of the barrel kind of drop off and remove itself. So it's creating more opportunity for those people to grow and um, become take that next step to becoming an actual you know company rather than a pulley. I'm kind of interested in this next question, which would be, who are the big players distribution-wise in Australia? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. Our market operates uh, a little bit differently. We have a lot of direct-to-OEM. We also have distributors, big distributors, who take care of a lot of the business. You know, we, we've talked about mergers and acquisitions, and, and that's happening in our marketplace. You know, Pool Corp have bought up uh, a lot of our distributors over here. BWT Group uh, have just bought up Lincoln. 
yeah, out of Germany, have just bought out rather one of the big distributors down in Melbourne over here. And we've got a lot of good local distributors. Like even if I think of Queensland, where we've got you know Legend Pool products, you know that they do a great job servicing our local market over here. I'd say again, without being vague, there's a lot of direct to OEM over here, which I understand is starkly different to the environment where you guys are. Yeah, a lot of OEM and a lot of distributors carry the really broad ranges and are able to satisfy or provide solutions to the whole gamut of what people need. John, how would you like to buy direct from manufacturer? That would be awesome. But again, I'm sure that has its own struggles too. I'm going direct to, oh. direct to manufacturer and not having one central area. I suspect the trend is going out. We're going your way. Yeah. So one central area is always, if everything works as it's supposed to, having one central area to be able to procure any product you want makes it a lot easier than having to have 15 different relationships, you know, or however, 20 different relationships, 20 different contacts, hoping they can get a hold of it, hoping you can get a hold of it. Hopefully you're in line. You know, I can see pros and cons from in both scenarios. I reckon it's it's much the same if you extrapolate that out, John, in terms of there's a reason that they don't go direct to consumers at the same time. And a market scale that you guys are talking about, that's why you guys even are able to supply consumers at the end of the day, because business models are set up differently to satisfy different business units. And it's a beautiful solution and it works. It works at all different levels. And like Dave's saying, I think there's a pendulum that and a balance that comes between them all. So uh, real quick. And that I sounded very intelligent and convincing, Luke. I can trick him some of the time. <laughs> I'm taking notes. That was awesome. Hey, th- this is a side question here that stemmed off what you said. As far as like direct to manufacturers, do you have issues out there with consumers going direct to manufacturers or do the manufacturers play? Like here, for instance, the biggest one of the biggest battles we've had as the pool industry is it's hard to go out and sell a pump or hard to sell a product when the manufacturer can go on the hour or the consumer can go on to Amazon or can go on to straight to the manufacturer and be able to buy the product at you know, at cheaper than what wholesale cost is or at wholesale cost. Now we've started to implement and Fluidro was the first or Jandy was the first to do uh, where they did no internet pricing. They wouldn't allow any of their products to be sold online and everything that was sold or purchased through Jandy was trade grade or was only available through the trade professional, through the retailer or through, you know, the service company so that when I sold a Jandy pump, or if I sell a Jandy filter, or if I sell one of those items, I know that item cannot be price shopped online and cannot be purchased online through other avenues, only from authorized retailers. And those retailers have map pricings. And usually those retail pricings are a lot higher than what we would sell them for, or at least equivalent to what we would sell them. And now Pentair has their trade grade line that apparently is supposed to only be available. And I know it's a big thing to change. And I think at least here for us, we're moving in the right direction. And by doing that, it allows us to become a true industry where you can't really go buy an air conditioner online and then have some, it just doesn't really kind of work with HVAC and stuff like that. You just really don't do that. Where before with pool equipment, you can go get anything, anything, anywhere, buy it, and then you're constantly price shopping Amazon. Are you guys? Do you guys have that type of issue there, or or is it really non-existent? Uh, Dave, I'm happy to have a stab if you want. Go ahead. 
This is something that, that the industry has been navigating for, if I was to put a timeline on it, probably a decade now in terms of, you know, you've, you've specified the online marketplace of Amazon. But I would suggest that marketplaces, not specific marketplaces, but e-com, e-commerce and internet has been something that has been on our radar over here for 10, probably 15 years uh, and really, really poignant discussion probably over the last six to seven to eight. And uh, I think everyone's still navigating and I don't think there is a, a real answer to it. I think what you've said, John, is along the lines of the solution to it. Lots of the companies over here have a specific internet policy. Now, whether it's not being able to list a price until you get to a checkout, whether it's you can't buy without talking to a pool pro first, JJ, in this instance, or anything like that. There are internet policies in place that, are, that go back and forth and, and, you know, retailers and pool pros choose to go to different suppliers based on their internet policy or support different people based on those policies. Where I'm getting to is along the lines of respect, training, and expertise. Uh, if we pick up on the HVAC thread, you know, I've got my air conditioner running right there. Now, I'm not just going to go buy a friggin' air conditioner off Amazon, specifically in this case, because you've used it as an example. I hope Jeff doesn't hurt me <laughs> of going, how do I know how to size a HVAC? Much the same in our industry. How do I know? Anecdotally, I, uh, Way before I started with the current role I'm in, I had a, a customer of mine ring me and goes, I can get a two and a half horsepower pump off eBay for, it was basically a third of the price that I was charging for a one horsepower pump. And I'm like, awesome. Good See luck ya. with that. And, and <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, he's like, can you put it in for me? I'm like, hell no. Yeah. Welcome um, to Cavitation. Uh-huh. I'm like, Cavitation, he's got 40 mil plumbing. It's a 35,000 liter pool. You know, it's, I'm just going, yeah, for the same reasons as HVAC don't supply largely through a over-the-counter style purchase, there's got to be that discussion in place. There's got to be the qualification of hydraulically, is this sound? Is this appropriate? Is this the solution that you're looking for? Because probably not is the answer. And there's a reason that you can't cash and carry these items. I mean, online marketplaces have their place. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a sucker for buying something online. That's, I buy my shampoo online, so I don't have to go to the shop. But there are certain things that I'll go to the shop for because I want to discuss with the expert about what's appropriate for that application. And that's, I believe, the respect and authority that our industry deserves and frankly, the consumers need so they don't buy the wrong effing product in the first place. Yeah. Let me just add to that a little bit because one of the challenges is we see it all the time, probably across every industry, but is consumers going to Dr. Google? So I'm an expert now because Google told me so and I found the piece of information that I wanted that fit my narrative and yay, that's what I'm going with. And if it breaks, it's somebody else's fault. I couldn't possibly mind for looking up the wrong stupid thing. So one of our roles, again, and going back to a bigger picture now as Sparza or that industry peak body association, it's not just to advocate and to represent, protect and, and grow, but promote. It is to help consumers uh, know where to go to get that information. And so if anyone who wants to have a look just out of their interest, Pool Spa Life, poolsparlife.com.au is our consumer website that we as an industry are releasing or have released to consumers to try and do this exact thing in our marketplace in Australia and New Zealand to say, 
this is where you get your information from consumer. Are you building? Great. Go through this. Have you already got a pool and you want to make your lifestyle better? Great. Go through this. You don't know yet. You want to come to one of our expos anywhere around Australia and New Zealand, then go to the expo page and it's here. And we're looking really to try and now develop and create a conversation with the Australian consumer pool, those who want to build a pool, those who own a pool and want to make it better with us and go, let us help you to make that decision. And it's not to buy direct off us. We don't do that. But it's to put them in touch with the right suppliers and the right people to do that. So there's a win-win back in that consumer messaging. Okay, look, so this is a little off topic, actually a lot of off topic. Is bloke not a thing anymore in Australia? Bloke? Yeah. Yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. you're all good blood. blood. I haven't heard you guys say it once, and we've probably spoken now for like three hours, you know, in total. No, nah, bloke. Right. bloke? Nah, you're all right, Come bloke. On, look, yeah, bloke. mate, you're Come a good on. bloke, but I'm getting lost in those big, brown, dreamy eyes of yours, man. <laughs> sweet ass, sweet ass, sweet ass. <laughs> Sweet ass. Oh. <laughs> no, bloke, bloke, bloke is absolute. Bloke okay. is slang. Okay. Yeah, but the problem is, John. The here's the problem. We've been serious for about an hour and a half, so you've got game face on. Oh, we yeah. haven't been dropping mates. Or sure, we haven't been. That's it. We haven't been doing how you going, yeah. like how you going, how you going, or bloke. Like we've dropped the slang, mate. We've, right. You've got this. Is like game time. I'm going to have to go get my, my actual suit jacket with actual bow tie and we're gone. I'm going to need a nap after this. It's been, you know, so intense. <laughs> I need a little lie down. I need to go to bed. There's a, a lot of great information. The guys aren't going to like that we did a podcast because then my brain starts to spin and I start to throw ideas to John and Zach <laughs> and they just look at Zach over there just going, oh, here Shaking we go again. Head. It's like, oh, my God, here goes Edgar. Too tired, Friday. <laughs> again, you've got to be careful of Zach. You, I think Zach's, number one, he's quiet. You've got to watch the quiet ones. And I'm sure he's packing heat. Like, look oh, at Look at him. Sure. He looks like the, oh, yeah, the Night sure. Stalker. Uh, have you, you, yeah. have you, you know who the Night Stalker is? <laughs> Right? It was that the serial killer out here in, in California, you know, back in the wow, was it like yeah. the 80s or wow. 70s. He looks like the nice stalker, like uncanny. He's oh, a compliment, Zach, yeah. I'm sure. For sure. Don't mess with him. Yeah. He's, he's, and listen, he's in Texas where you don't even need a permit for a gun anymore. You can just go buy a gun, put it on your holster and walk down the street. No, he keeps he's it personal. He's in a law that you have to own a gun? Don't you have to own a gun in Texas? In, in Texas, yeah. I'm sure. In Texas, yeah. So you, you have to. And it's very common to just be at the grocery store and just watch everybody with their guns right on their holster, you know? Yeah, you better exercise your Second Amendment. Yeah. You know, David's, David's already right. bought his tickets for, for Texas. He's on his way. He'll see you tomorrow. Listen, if anybody, I'm coming. Texas, I love you, y'all. Out, out yeah, here. if there's any, if there's all any job, if, shout out for David for, for job opportunities so, in Texas. So here's the thing, David. There's how you all doing. And that's if I'm talking to David, I go, how y'all doing? That doesn't mean you all. That just means you all. Now, if I'm talking to everybody, I go, how are all y'all doing? And that's my favorite. All All y'all. Not just the Australian version of that is awful. And I I will pretty much just backhand my children if they say this, because it's horrendous. All y'all, y'all. I mean, I was in Texas for 10 minutes a few years ago and I kept saying, Y'all, it just comes out. It's beautiful. I love it. The Australian version of that is how you's going. Oh, yes. How's going? How are you? Why going? Why are you? I can't help it. That sounds bad. My left hand. <laughs> Shut up. How you's going? Yes. So, yeah. I got yes. one for yes. you. Y'all dove. Y'all dove. 
Yaldav. Walk me through that. That sounds like Hebrew or something. No, that sounds like a Lord of the if Rings. If Yaldav went down there, then this wouldn't have happened. If Yaldav. Y'all would have. Oh, y'all would have. I'm a California guy. This is all new to me. When I went to Texas and they were they were going through this whole speech thing with me too, and I'm sitting there going, (laughs) "Okay." I mean, I mean, I want to be adopted by Texas. Please, Texas, will you? You need to come to a Bucky's. We need to bring you to a Bucky's. Oh, Uh, I don't even know what that is. But I mean, is it called meat and gun? (laughs) Let me tell you. Let me tell you how everything works in Texas. It's just it. It needs to be bigger. So our gas stations for Bucky's have a hundred pumps out in front, just because we are America and we have to have a gas station that puts every other gas station to shame. So it's a hundred pumps up front, and then you go inside this gas station and you will spend, and I kid you not, you will spend two two and a half hours in there easy. And when you go to pay, it's one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars that you spent inside this Bucky with. You buy whatever whatever you want there. They got everything. Whatever oh, you is that want, just a Texas thing? Because I kid you not, the back of my car, Luke. Have you seen the sticker on the back of my car? I have a Texas state sticker on the back of my car. Nice. It came with the car when I went to buy the car. I went. It's a sign from God. Yes, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach, we didn't have him come out to Texas. God, guns, yes. and barbecue. I mean, oh, and horseback riding. I took John. John came out to visit. Oh I my took gosh, on horseback riding. Edgar. Uh, is that, is what, there, is what, there what footage is of John on the back of a horse? I do. I do Hang have on. pictures, yes. <laughs> Hang on. We're going down another rabbit hole here, and I have to pick you up. Americans. Texas, I still love you. I want to come. But y'all, all y'all have got to get this right. It's just horse riding. What other position on the horse are you going to ride? I don't know where I'm at. Am I going to grab it by the tail? Like, why horse like, back? Why are you horse back? back? Is, there's no horse. need to say back. It's, it's like eyeglasses. No, they're just glasses. They're going to go on my eyes. I'm not putting them on my mouth. They're just glasses. It's That's redundant true. to That's say true. eyeglasses. That's it's true. redundant That's to true. say horse point. back. Come on, people. I'm like, yeah. You got what about waste right. bin? Wasn't waste, oh, wasn't waste bin your other one, Dave? What's this one? No, waste paper basket. No, no. It's just a bin. <laughs> oh, I have some paper. It's waste. Where do I put it? I need a special place. It needs a waste paper bin or basket. No, no. It's just a bin. Come on. Stay with me, America. I love you. It, you know, we, oh, just, we awesome. just have to be special. Look. We put a man on the moon and they can take a pencil to write up up there. But no, the U.S. wants to make a pen that they can write on the moon up in space, right? You could use a pencil, but no, we want a pen. So we're going to make a pen that works. So. And that's what makes America great. God bless America from sea to shining sea. America. Look, Luke, Luke checks America. out. Here, here's Andy checks yeah. out. Look at him. Luke, Luke, Luke checked Luke out. Checks He's like, out. I'm out. He, you know, he goes, I don't Can want I tell you this. culturally? There is nothing for me like, this is dead set. Now, we've been sort of taking a little bit of a piss, but let me go dead set serious. I got to go to an NBA game a few years ago and start of that game, of course, what do you all do? You sing the national anthem. Being in a room where the national anthem is being sung, I am more patriotic in America than I think you are. You know, the the rocket's red glare. The room screaming, home of the brave. It just, oh, man, how good is that? It's beautiful. Like just that patriotism for country. Man, I I do love it. And it's it's one of the beautiful things of Texas, right, Zach? Like we are very patriotic in Texas to the extreme. We see people in military gear and we walk up to them and we shake their hands and we say thank you for serving our country. We see police officers in line at Subway and somebody will come and pay for their meal. 
Same thing for Love the it. firefighters. No. Very patriotic. Yeah, that's Texas, not California. That's that Texas. Happen yeah, not California. Yeah. That's Texas. Yeah, Texas Don't has their own song. <laughs> What's that, John? Texas has their own song. Has their own tongue? Song, song. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Texas has everything. Is it something to do with the Alamo? No. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you, but one time I was in a room and they all busted out singing it and I didn't know what was going on, but they got Is it, it me yeah. or... Uh, I'm like slightly worried, you know, Luke went dark. I was afraid that he's going to pop in and it's going to look, he's going to do something weird or I thought he was going to be without something. his shirt. Yeah. Or, kinda, I, I, like he was going to put, <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, keep your clothes on. Now you're confusing Luke with me. If anyone's going to do something weird and obnoxious, it's me. <laughs> so guys, let me jump back in and ask you guys another question. So one of the big shifts that we've been seeing in our industry over the last couple of years is we used to have where it was all you're on your own. You don't share. You don't talk to the other pool guy. We're competitors. You know, we'd rather kill ourselves and help each other out. And Zach, how long would you say that that you've started to see that shift in the industry with everybody kind of going to helping each other out? Really recently, honestly, it hasn't been that long. Um, maybe it's been going on a little bit longer, like four years, maybe. And maybe I just started kind of opening my eyes to it more recently. But I would say in the last two years, it's just been extremely noticeable. Is, How old are you, Zach? Can I ask? Yes. A baby. How, how old are you, man? Can I? Sorry, you don't have to answer. You got to guess. guess first. Oh, guess. Sorry, I thought you said yes. Pardon me. I thought um, he said yes too. Um, yes, uh, thirty-two. Holy sh! Yeah. Okay. Good job. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that's such I an interesting. Wanna, I don't. Point. I don't even want to say. You ask how old I am because you're going to say something crazy. <laughs> Please don't. I'm a. I'm very. No, no, I'm, I'm not going there. I'm very. Young. Not, no, the reason is just Zach with this this idea I'm of. Very young. Am I? <laughs> Like, no, you're not. Please. Please. What? All right. We've lost Edgar. Joe, Joe wants you to ask how old No, I don't. I really don't. Joe, Joe wants you to ask. Absolutely. He wants you to ask how old he is. No, I John's, John's 44. He's the same age as me. Close. Close. <laughs> He's just better looking. But I'll take it. I'll take that compliment. Thank you. I don't get it very often. Back to the question, Edgar. Yeah. That collaborative, willing to share. I think we're seeing that on a big picture. I mean, the rise in crypto, for example, the decentralized finance, where there's a new generation coming through that is looking at what's become centralized, that's control has been lost and taking control back. And the way that control is being taken back is not with one centralized, but it's many decentralized and then working together to create outcomes. And so we're really seeing that across a whole lot of different sectors. And I think you're right, Zach. We're seeing it here the last couple of years too. More and more recently, businesses willing to collaborate, to share, to work together to create mutually beneficial outcomes, mate. We just had the, the show and we were talking to a group from Houston and, you know, they've really kind of come together even to the point where they kind of cover a certain area and when somebody is too busy and they can't get to a repair, they call the other person and be like, hey, you know, I need help with this. Can you come out and do this repair? And can you help 
And that to me, when I started in the industry was absolutely taboo. Like you wouldn't do that at any cost. (laughs) And to see that group down where Zach is to everybody help each other out. And if they didn't know how to deal with something, they call each other for help. You know, that was a a big eye opening moment for us. And I think we're like you said, as of recently, we're starting to see that trend and we're loving it. We've seen, so one example of that in New Zealand. So hello to all our Kiwi listeners on this podcast, all probably zero of you. Kia ora. <laughs> but, so there was, we ran a show in New Zealand and there's a stand there and there's these five or six blokes standing on it and they're all beautiful, man, because good looking men in their black uniforms because, you know, they're all about the all blacks, that's their color. And, and they look fantastic. I went up to them, I said, you guys look like a boy band, what's going on? And so they're, they're called the boy band to me. But they are six different pool builders who combine together to share all of their resources and to buy product like Pebble Creek Glass over from Australia and stock and then supply the industry themselves. But they cover each other's jobs, six different builders, all working together collaboratively. Same sort of thing as you guys are seeing there. It's incredible. I wouldn't have thunk it a couple of years ago. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful to see that happening. So my next question is about your guys' awards. And so you do that event every year. Can you kind of tell us what that looks like? Looks like this. Yeah, I think it's, uh, well, you're looking at the two. You're looking David at is two dressed for it. Of the, uh, that's, uh, you can check it out. Go to spazerawards.com.au. That is one of the jackets he wears. The other one's the gold one that he had on, you know, 20 minutes ago whenever he last changed. Yeah, look, the awards over here is a big deal for what we do, and it's really coming along in its stride. So, again, happy to chat with you guys about it because I've seen seen what you guys are doing. So, over here, the Awards of Excellence are done regionally, so state by state. They're conducted and judged and then awarded at a big gala ceremony. Now, you know, have you guys seen that meme? My favorite meme is the bike riding, and then someone sticks a stick through the spoke, and then the bike just goes over the front. Face-to-face events, right, for the last couple of years have been difficult over here. We had this good traction starting to happen and this big uprising, I guess, of people loving to come together, fostering that element of community and the tribalism for our industry that you talked about just now and coming together. Now, stick in spoke, 2020 comes along, COVID railroads, face-to-face events. So we had to, dare I say it, I'm not going to say it, we had to pivot to a, a virtual awards ceremony that we did. We did it. So we delivered it and we were able to deliver those awards categories. David and I jumped on a camera because no one could go anywhere and we just happened to have a studio this, you know, in our neck of the woods. So these two blokes, there you go. No, there we go. I'm sorry. Mad blokes. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sitting here just trying to find a way in and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to say this because the hypocrisy Right. That I just. Oh, oh, right. I'm going to call it out right now. All right. Come on. Give it. Uh, we just heard eyeglasses, waist bin. What's the purpose? Horseback riding. Uh, what did you call the awards of excellence? Like what other awards would there be? Yeah. Awards of garbage. <laughs> uh, awards of shitty work. Uh, Have I mean, you not seen the what, Darwin what, Awards? Why not just awards? The Darwin Awards. Why not just awards? Instead of awards wait, of excellence. Wait, why, why? What about the Darwin Awards? Huh. Yeah, there's Darwin awards, Awards. You've seen Look, those? I'm going to take your advice, JJ, and scrunch it up and put it in the waste paper. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, freaking oh. love it. <laughs> nice ass, nice ass, nice ass, nice ass, nice ass. Sweet ass. Sweet, oh, sweet yeah. ass, sorry. Is that what it is? Sweet, I'm sorry. Sweet ass, sweet ass, sweet ass. Sweet sweet ass. ass. <laughs> you don't want a sour ass. Sour ass is no good. <laughs> Sweet ass. Sweet oh, ass. JJ. Hey, you like that? Right. Return sir. Right. I love it. Back to you. What yeah. else you got? Hey. Um, <laughs> okay, so our pool yeah, he's, spa, putting, he's back on mute, awards. Luke. You win. He's back on mute. <laughs> uh, you're on mute too and you tried to talk, David. Oh, you fool. Okay, so the <laughs> awards, they get run each year. So the, our members, the Sparza members, apply or nominate different builds, Different products, if you're a manufacturer, nominate yourself. If you're a poly or a retail store, you can nominate for those categories. There's over 73 categories that you can, can nominate for. Now, people go, that is a ridiculous amount. You guys just dish out awards left, right, and center. And that's not true. It's just not true. The reason it is, is because we're such a diverse industry in terms of offering. Yeah. We have product designers from a manufacturing sense. There's people and engineers designing, you know, working on those hydraulics. Like, it's not like you can just click print, maybe one day, on an impeller that goes into a pump. There's there's testing. There's all kinds of detail that goes into it, yeah? So you've got manufacturing. You've got technicians out in the field. You've got retailers. You've got bloody safety inspectors. You've got this full array of professions. So 73 categories isn't actually that much. Now, that's all to say... They nominate for their region. So if you're based in Queensland, where I am, for example, you would go to the, you would nominate for the Queensland Awards. Now that gets judged and awarded at a Queensland event. And then after they've all been run, the award winners from each of those categories compete at a national level to be crowned at the Awards of Excellence. John, I'm going to, like I said, bin your advice and call it the Awards of Excellence <laughs> and compete nationally at a big gala dinner where everyone, all the who's who of industry come together to celebrate the excellence of our industry and just have a great night and really reflect because uh, it's often retrospective. These awards could be up to three years old sometimes. Reflect on the good work that, that we contribute to people's lives. So does that answer your question, Zach, or have you got something more specific about the awards? No, I think it's perfect. And now that you've talked about that, I see Edgar's wheels spinning right now. Like, I see it. I'm going to get that call like, hey, I have nice an ass, idea. Nice ass, nice ass. And then it's off to the next thing. Sweet. I'll tell you how Sweet. one of the conversations went with Zach. I was sitting there talking to Zach going, oh, I, you know, where I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about that. And I don't know what. And he goes, he just looked at me straight up and just said, you know what? You're giving me a headache. I need to go to bed. I can't do this right now. And that was 8 a.m. So, yeah, and that was first thing in the morning. So, anyways, <laughs> no, we wanted to know. We did our first Pool Nation Awards back in November, and we were super excited about them. They went really well, but we know that you guys have, you know, your awards there, your awards of excellence. And obviously, we were intrigued <laughs> by by them. And I've seen, by the way, some of the pictures of the event guys and these guys put on well now that i look at david i know absolutely how where all of it comes from because it's all top notch it's full-blown looks like the oscars the backgrounds are like multi-color levels and big humongo screens and i mean they go like way out there go big or go go home home. that's right amen all in or all out Hey, we're all Americans at heart, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah. So we just Some wanted to Texan. 
Yeah, come in, mate. mate. Bounce it off. I'll, I'll reply to any level of questions on the emails. Edgar, whatever you need, man. Let's yeah. roll. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I think there's going to be a lot more between us working together for sure because there's a lot of great ideas and things. So, hey, guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Pool from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see print and pay invoices it has all your customers information on one page so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips created specifically for the pool industry pool invoice now available at poolinvoice.com welcome back everybody we are talking to david we're talking to luke the host of the splash podcast out in australia Luke, so for everybody listening, obviously you can't see this, but Luke went and brought this big, huge either art or something behind that I'm assuming needs to be talked about. So what is that, Luke? That's nothing. It was it was not actually anything. It's just David was putting his paraphernalia up on the wall. I wanted to fit in my portrait of me riding a bike. So, Which, by the way, oh, I thought it was an armadillo bike. for a second. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to yeah, go that, into some deep that. Australian conversation about this yeah. thing that's on there. No, no, but JJ, if you keep up that chat, mate, if you keep oh. that lip up. Oh, let's do this. He's ready to go okay. down. I want to bring everybody's awesome. eyes over to David's screen and then look at that picture with him with that pup. Yes. You guys see that? Uh, no, I'm just... <laughs> I mean that I that stare, that. that look. I mean that's right? years of that. That's years of like. I mean, you, you just yeah. Look that I got a beautiful hat out of that puppy. <laughs> you know what it looks like, John? He doesn't know what to do. That was good, Edgar. <laughs> Not creepy enough. That, that's, that's all we got there. Anyways, wow, Zach. Let me get your final thoughts. So I'm just wondering when you're going to get it right. Uh, it's Straya. It's, it's not that hard, Straya. Just get lazy, mate. Straya. I had a great time hanging out with you guys tonight and talking about the industry. And it just continues to amaze me. I've been through different programs and different things with different business owners and different industries. And it's like one thing is, is that whether or not we know it, we're all going through the same thing, right? doesn't matter the size of the company the industry or whatever. And now apparently the part of the world, right? So it's just amazing to hear the stories, hear the struggles, hear the threats that you guys are facing over there. 
um, and how they really align with what's going on over here. So just super interesting to me. And I love the passion that you guys bring to the industry. It is just so organic and just hanging out here and having this conversation, it really motivates me and I can feed off of that. So I just really appreciate it. And I hope we can do this again. For sure. John, final thoughts. You know, I didn't do it this time. You know, I usually get into my final thoughts beforehand, but this time I really didn't. But I really don't have much to say as final thoughts. But other than I want to really thank you guys. It has been an absolute and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass here. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Luke and David. I think you guys are extremely intelligent, very <laughs> professional. You know how to have a good time, right? We're definitely I think that we get this vibe that we're very like minded and when you get around people that share a common goal or passion, it's very easy to get lost in, in great conversation and to be inspired. And just hearing you guys talk and, you know, the things that you're going through and the things you're trying to accomplish and, the, and all the great things you have accomplished is very inspiring to us. And, you know, I look forward to having more conversations in the future, not just on podcasts, but staying in contact constantly and you've gained a subscriber with me, I will be constantly listening to you guys moving forward because I think you have a lot of great information to for all of us to learn from. And you have a great time while you do it. So just thank you. Many, many thanks for taking the time to do this. I know you guys are very busy and I just appreciate it. So, and that's it. Edgar, have we, is, is it okay if I just respond to those couple of things. Have we got time just for me to respond there? We have all the time in the world. So absolutely, please. Just as we, as we come to a close, we've bantered a lot. We had a little bit of a go at, at the US, but not really. We absolutely, uh, we love our American brothers. As, as far as a, a nation, two nations have gone over a long, long time, we've been there for each other. Culturally, it matters. And you speak to things of culture when you talk about the connection to Luke and I and to our industry and that we are passionate. You are too. We love our industry. We love our products. We love our people. They matter. And then that's coming through for both of us, that cultural thing. It just reminded me a, year, a few years ago being in another part of the world. And this isn't to reflect on saying this is our wrong culture. It's just different. I sat for three hours in a meeting, an industry meeting in France. And for three hours, they presented on the meaning of water because that's very French. We want to look at the meaning of things and put something poetic and deep and meaningful around that and the meaning of swimming pools. And we must have gone through about 300 different photos in those three hours around water and swimming pools. And not once did they mention people. It was all about the beauty and the form of a pool, but never about the people that use it. And it's different to our culture in Australia. A pool is designed pretty much to be, it's, we want it to be beautiful, but we want it to be used. We want to see people having the benefits of enjoying that swimming pool, of that water, of that spa, of that hot tub in the backyard, in their home, in the, in the public setting, at the hotel, wherever it is that they're getting the benefit out of. And I think that's where our culture aligns is that we are thinking differently than maybe they were in France around, around one side, but we're thinking of the people at the end of the day that matters. And so, look, thank you for having Luke and I join in. It's, it has been our honor to be a part of this, to start a conversation together and see where it goes and, and do what this new generation, the young fellas like Luke and Zach are doing in collaboration and seeing where we can take this thing and, you know, for the benefit of, of both our, our nations. So thank you, guys. Thank you. 
just in having this conversation and doing all this pool talk, I really am sitting on this side, fired up, a lot more ideas, a lot more of that flow that's going on. And I'm sure Zach and John are going to hate me for it over the next couple of days. But that's thanks thanks to you guys, because you guys hit on some points, very strong points that we need to look at as well as we continue our journey and trying to grow what it is that we are doing over here. And it's great to see, you know, that we do have that common ground. And, you know, I really am looking forward to figuring out how we can partner together and kind of even push that message even further out to everybody else out there. And I do love that you guys have the banter, that you have fun, but that you're very intelligent, you're very eloquent, you're very passionate about the industry, you're very passionate about helping those that are coming into our industry and making it better. So I really appreciate you guys coming on. I know it's a Saturday, your time. And look, we've been talking for what, two hours and 10 minutes, and we could probably go for another hour easily. But I want to thank you guys for your time. I am definitely going to be in touch with you guys. And I need to pick your guys' brains because there's some things that you guys have already done that I think we need to do. And I need to kind of reach out and pick your brains. By the way, this is the longest podcast that we've done. So... Merry Christmas. Australia. Can we close with the American anthem, please? <laughs> Zach, would you stand and sing? <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Oh, Merry Christmas. Maybe don't. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll, we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll talk soon. Have a great one. Bye, guys. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform to Dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation. Pool Nation.